right into the lesson. Uh, Andy, can you open us up in a word of prayer? Amen. I was talking to Katura this afternoon. Actually, I was going to tell Tim because I thought it was kind of funny. So he stole our text tonight from Sunday school. So believe it or not, yeah, we're in uh, the text verse comes from Numbers 13. Um, but it's not about, not focusing on Caleb, but it's focusing more on Moses and the children of Israel wandering around. So as we've seen this morning, um, kind of read some of it because it's a pretty lengthy piece of scripture. Uh, Numbers 13, 1 through 33. We're going to just read a few of these verses. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men, that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Every tribe their fathers shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. And Moses, the command, by the commandment of the Lord, sent from the wilderness of Paran all those men's, all those men were heads of the children of Israel. And these were their names of the tribe of Reuben. And it goes through a bunch of tribes and names, blah, 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 blah. And, um, and Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said unto them, on verse 17, Get ye up this way southward and go up into the mountain and see the land, what it is, and, that, and the people that dwell therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many, and what land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, and what cities that they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds, and what land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether there be wood therein or not, and be of good courage, and bring the fruit of the land. Now the time was at the time of the first, uh, first ripe grapes. So they went up and searched the land from the wilderness of Zin unto Rehob as the men came to Hamath. And you see, they searched, and um, uh, let's see, they brought up some big grapes, and we'll go kind of skip through some. Uh, again, verse 27, and they told him, and said, We came unto the land whither thou sent us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. Moreover, we saw the children of Anak, Anak there. The Amalekites dwelt in the land of the south, and the Hittites and Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And um, let's see, in verse 32, And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants and were in our own sight. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. So, yeah, sound very familiar. So introduction here, the Christian life is a series of times of troubles and times of blessings. Between these high and low moments, we experience times of waiting, 
or simply traveling as we look to the Lord for what he has in store. For the children of Israel, the wilderness wandering sat between a time of trouble and a time of blessing. And still, yeah, just kind of funny. Sounds really familiar. The passage covered in today's lesson show us that God has a plan for us even when we are en route to a wondrous destination. There is no time that he fails to guide us and no time that we are out of his watch and care. So point number one, the what of the spies. Let's see. Let's do. Ooh, report. Nice. Report. Report. Done. Hogan's hero is there. God commanded Moses to send the spies into the land, and Moses obediently did. The purpose of this espionage was not to determine whether or not the land could or should be taken, but rather to put before the people a choice. How would they respond to the spies' report? Would they take this opportunity to demonstrate complete faith, or would they cower in fearful disobedience? In the Christian life, we, too, are faced with a choice. We can choose to walk by faith and trust God or walk by sight and allow our enemies and surrounding dangers to stop us from doing what God wants us to do. Uh, I'm thinking about this morning. Yeah, our enemies, kind of what Dad was talking about as well, can be our own self and our own goals and our own busyness that can keep us uh, from doing what we should be doing. And... Uh, and what we see, walking by our sight and what we see, can uh, really uh, drag us down there. So, sub-point A, the spies what the land. And we'll, we'll just kind of... Mm, close. Something... Yeah, that's close. Have to do your dad's little transit. Survey. Surveyed. Or that wonderful phone call you get. Yeah, sure, I'll take a survey. Oh, your car's extended warranty. Following Moses' command, the spies went into Canaan for the purpose of bringing Moses a detailed report. Moses wanted to know what type of cities the enemies dwelt in, whether the land was strong or weak, heavily populated and fruitful. He also directed them to bring back a sample of the fruit of the land. And I uh, thought this was kind of interesting. Uh, in November 1805, Lewis and Clark, the Lewis and and Clark expedition reached the Pacific Ocean. They had begun from St. Louis in uh, May 1804. Uh, commissioned by President Thomas Jefferson to find an all-water route to the Pacific Ocean and to explore the West. They did not know what they would find along the way. Jefferson believed there were woolly mammoths, live volcanoes, and a mountain of pure salt somewhere. Kind of interesting to know where all that came from, but... This uh, shows you 
We're all this, the people are the same back then as they are today. Some of us are kind of crazy. Um, the corpse, or core, corpse, luckily they weren't corpse. The core of discovery, the formal name of the Lewis and Clark expedition, did not find any of those, but they did find more than 200 new species of plants and animals. 72 Indian tribes, the Rocky Mountains, Yellowstone, and a few other little things like that. It was quite an adventure. If you have not read about it, you ought, yeah, you ought to. Yeah, that'd be kind of interesting to read more about. The point is that the West was unexplored territory at that time, new and exciting. Other than Indians, nobody had previously passed that way. The spies did as Moses told them to do, knowing that the report would be hard to believe. They brought back a visual illustration so that the children of Israel would understand the bounty of the land that God had given them. They carried one cluster of grapes between two staves and brought pom pomegranates and figs as well. All right, so the spies gave their, this is a big one. Recommendation, yes. Cool. I had to look at it twice. After 40 days in Canaan, the 12 spies came back to report to Moses and to the people what they had seen and what they thought should be done. Uh, they reported on the fruit of the land. God had told the children of Israel that he, had, that he was going to give them a land flowing with milk and honey. In fact, he had told Moses this at the burning bush. Now the spies brought back with them grapes of Eshkol, yeah, Eshkol, which confirmed their wildest hopes and dreams. It was truly going to be a wonderful place to live. One can only imagine what these grapes looked like to the people who had been traveling across the arid wilderness of the Middle East. Arid wilderness. Um, Exodus chapter 3, verses 7 through 8, it says, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt. And I have heard their cry by the, reasons, by the reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of, the, out of that land into a good land and a large, and unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and Jebusites. So they reported on... The fruit of the land, they also reported on the people of the land. When anyone goes forward, there will always be opposition to overcome and spiritual enemies to conquer. It is usually when we are retreating or standing still, going with the flow, or taking the path of least resistance, that we do not meet enemies. More specifically, when a people <clears throat> or a church try to advance for the cause of Christ, they can expect spiritual conflict 
and satanic opposition. Thankfully, God's word teaches us that the gates of the enemy will not prevail against the momentum of God's people. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18 says, And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. When Caleb gave the report on the land, he was full of faith. He believed God and challenged the people to go forward. His simple challenge to go up and possess uh, and to possess it is a clarion call for Christians today. We are able to experience victory. We are still on the winning side, and greater is he that is in us than that he is than he that is in the world. First John chapter four verse four. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Um, I do think it's interesting. It says, and have overcome them, kind of past tense. So we have um, already conquered through, through the Lord Jesus Christ and his, through him and his shed blood. Uh, while Caleb was filled with faith, other spies were full of fear. Ten of the spies concentrated their report on the enemies of the land. Powerful tribes of the Amalekites, Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites, and Canaanites would undoubtedly defend themselves. Furthermore, there were giants in the land, and as often happens with fear, the size of the enemy was exaggerated. Uh, the spies concluded, we are as grasshoppers in their sight. And while Goliath may have been four feet taller than David, David was certainly not a grasshopper in comparison. I did have this thought when we went to see the David show. Um, the Goliath there was, was pretty impressive. But I was like, huh, is that the real size? But then looking at the thing, and the Goliaths were, yeah, about six feet taller than they should have been. So bringing that back, like, if that was in still real life, it's hard to believe that, like, a whole army would be scared by. I know he's a, he was a giant. It was 10 foot well, somewhere in between 8 and 12 foot tall. It's hard to believe that a whole army would be scared of yeah, a singular guy that, that size, but I don't know. Now, the, the 24 foot tall Goliath, yeah, that looked pretty um, intimidating, but, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, as often as it is, sometimes maybe they, they look 24 feet tall because of our fear. We tend to exaggerate things. So the spies concluded um, that the children of Israel would not be able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. Uh, one illustration here, when driver education students are learning behind the wheel, one of the most important instructions for them is to aim high, meaning that to keep their eyes on what is coming down the road. <clears throat> For the inexperienced driver, the temptation often is to stare at the speedometer or a few feet right in front of the car. When drivers fail, fail to look at what is coming down the road, accidents often happen. It is vitally important for drivers and for everyone around them that they keep their eyes on the road. And how important that is for us today. If we know what's ahead, let's keep our eyes down the road on 
one more that's coming. Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of sound mind. And of course, we, everybody knows Philippians 4.13. And I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. We see another clear illustration of the difference between faith and fear in the story of Peter walking on the water. As long as Peter kept his gaze on Jesus, uh, faith enabled him to walk in victory. Uh, when he chose to focus on the stormy circumstances surrounding him, he gave in to fear and began to sink. In Matthew chapter 14, in verse 27, and it said, But straightway Jesus spake un unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him, said, Lord, if thou bid me to come, un come unto thee on the water. Peter answered and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come, un come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, and, began, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him, and said unto him, O thou little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Right? Peter did have a little faith, and it was more than what the rest of the people in the ship had, so, and a lot more than probably uh, I myself or many of us would have as well. May these biblical examples compel us to move forward with eyes of faith, choosing to see what God can do rather than focus on the obstacles that must be overcome. All right. The what of the people. Close. Um... Is a reword, uh, so they got their evil recommendation. So, but then at Caleb, what is it? Mm, close to retreat-ish. Uh, that's close. That's probably closest. Yeah. This is gonna give it away. Revolt. Revolt of the people. Yeah, these people are like, yeah, amazing. Uh, you look at the, the golden calf and these things, they're always wanting to try to kill Moses. <laughs> yeah, Moses was uh, very meek in a lot of ways. In this brief passage, we quickly see how the negative report of a few can affect many people. Fear, unfortunately, is very contagious. And don't we know that in the land of COVID, the age of COVID? The report of 10 spies caused the children of Israel to cry and weep with a loud voice. As Caleb told the story many years later in Joshua chapter 14, verse 8, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. Obviously, by showing their lack of faith, those spies were not edifying to the children of, children of Israel. Um, so Romans chapter 14, verse 19 says, Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and things wherewith one may edify another. 
All right, so we got subpoint A. So the revolt of the people, subpoint A, the people do did what they did best back then. Murmured. Murmured. Oh, three. Ooh. Murmured. Numbers chapter 14, verses 1 through 4 says, And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God that we had died in this wilderness? And wherefore hath the, hath the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return unto Egypt? And they said one to another, Let us make a captain, and let us return into Egypt. It's crazy. The children of Israel were so distraught over the report of the ten spies that they made two remarkable requests. First, they wished for death. The first response of the people was to say they wished that they had died in Egypt or in the wilderness, and they would get their latter, rather than to have come this far only to be wiped out by the warriors of the promised land. The strongest of human desires is that of self-preservation. And yet fear had taken such a grip on them that they literally said they wished they were dead. We can thank the Lord that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, referencing 2 Timothy 1.7. Don't allow yourself to be overcome by negative emotions when God wants you to live in a victory in this area. All right, second, the children of Israel wished that they could return to Egypt. Possibly after calming themselves a bit and realizing that the first request for death uh, was kind of dumb, they had a new brilliant plan. They thought that they should get a new leader who would take them back to captivity in Egypt. Hmm. Their fear led uh, to a form of insanity. Had they considered what kind of reception they would likely find once they got back to Egypt? Uh, Aaron and Moses had defied Pharaoh personally, and their God had brought fearful and devastating plagues upon Egypt, culminating in the death of the firstborn in every Egyptian family. Uh, the Israelites had taken much of the Egyptians' wealth when they left. The Israelites' uh, God had destroyed the Egyptian army in the Red Sea. Uh, the Egyptians would most likely be thirsting for revenge and would, would welcome the Israelites back, probably only for that purpose. So, it's, yeah, kind of, kind of amazing. Um, yeah, it has a note in here. It, it is often... You know, uh, that the grass looks greener on the other side of the fence. And I heard a new saying, I almost think maybe it's from your papaw, 
or okay, it's from okay. So one of Paul Paul's famous sayings is like, "Be careful of the grass uh, that's greener on the other side of the fence, because that's probably underneath it's the septic system." <laughs> so it's like that's pretty good. <laughs> um, but yeah, how oftentimes we see something that we want, um, especially with like little kids. And I can think of a few times as little kids. There's something that you always want, and you and your parents know it's not all that you think it is, and then you get it, and it's finally, it's like, oh, yeah, they're right. <laughs> I think of uh, some of those dollar store plastic guns. They look pretty cool, but you get them, and it's like, they break. Yeah, you pinch your finger, and trigger falls off, or whatever. Um, and you see kids like that. They want something, want something, want something in the store, and you get it to them, and then they get it home and never touch it again. But... How much more, uh, think about that in the, the spiritual realm of things. Um, just how fear and stuff can affect that as well. So it is amazing to see the responses of people whose hearts are gripped with fear. As one who knew something about facing dangerous situations, David determined, uh, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee in Psalms 56.3. In wishing for death and then return to Egypt, we see blatant murmuring and retreating on the part of God's people. If we know what God wants us to do, but make the conscious choice to do the opposite, why do we believe that God, for mercy's sake, must tolerate it? Consider these Bible examples. Uh, has Adam and Eve. They had complete freedom in the garden, except for that one tree. Consider Achan. He knew better than to take of the spoils of Jericho, but did it anyway. Uh, Jonah, and of course he was called to the Ninevites, but went to Tarshish. And we have Judas, Iscariot. Uh, he was with the Lord for, this is around three years, but ended up betraying him. And uh, also has uh, Demas. He worked with Paul and saw God. Saw God do marvelous works, but chose the world. Colossians chapter 4, 14 uh, is where that's at. Uh, so just many examples like that. And the sad thing is you see many examples of like that, of people acting like the children of Israel here in today's um, society and their friends and even family doing similar things, of just choosing the world um, going back to the world because when they go through something, they go through the wilderness and they decide it was better back there. How sad that is. Um, but may we not do that because none of us are above anything like that. All right, so point, sub point number, sub point number, sub point letter B, the people what? Threatened.
Ten minutes. Oh, thank you. Awesome. Numbers chapter 14, verse 10 says, But all the congregation bade stone them with stones, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. So after hearing the report of the ten, Joshua and Caleb told the people once again about the overwhelming goodness in the land. They stated that it was an exceeding good land and that it was a land that flowed with milk and honey. Most importantly, they stated that the Lord would bring them into the land. There might, be, there might have been giants, but God's people would not face them alone. They had been assured of victory. The people unmoved and still under the spell of fear listened to Joshua um, yeah, listened to Joshua and Caleb, but maintained that all the congregation must stone them with stones. Truth is not always well received. We can be sure today that others will respond to the truth much like the people did in Numbers, much like they did in the New Testament on the uh, account of Apostle Paul's witness found in Acts 17, 32-34. And that says, And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, and others said, We will hear thee again of this matter. So Paul departed from among them. Howbeit, certain men clave unto him, and believed, among which was oh, Dionysus and Aeropagite, and a woman named uh, Damaris, and others with them. In response to God's call to move forward, in Christian victory, some people will mock, and some will say, we might listen to you later. Some people, however, will receive the truth. Those who choose to believe and follow the truth, though, uh, will be in the minority. Such was the case with the 12 spies. If you are the recipient of threats because of your faith in Christ, be encouraged by the promise of blessing to those that were persecuted and reviled for being faithful to the truth. Joshua and Caleb were faithful to share the whole truth even though the people rejected it and threatened them as a result. Thus determined to remain faithful to God's truth like these men, despite threats or discouragement that may come. All right. So we have point number three, the what of God. And it, of course it starts with an R. Response. Ooh, very close. Response. Response. Response of God. The spies presented uh, the report, and the people chose to side with the faithless majority. The faithful messengers were about to die at the hands of the mob. God is faced once again with a rebellious and stiff-necked people, a people who would not believe or trust him. Now he gives his people two very specific promises that like all of his promises, would be perfectly fulfilled. So God gave a, that's a big one. I don't even know this is a word, actually. Pronouncement. Oh, no. 
I don't think I'm missing some others, but yeah, it's close enough. God gave a pronouncement. All right, let's see. So we got Numbers chapter 14, and we'll skip through some of this. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long will this people provoke me, and how long will it be ere they believe me for all the signs which I have showed among them? And again, crazy. Everything the Lord has done. How long will they keep doing this? I will smite them with pestilence and disinherit them and will make thee, make of thee a greater nation and a mightier than they. Verse 22, Because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness that have tempted me now these ten times and have not hearkened to my voice, surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him, and hath followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereunto he went, and his seed shall possess it. Say unto them, uh, verse 28, As truly I live, said the Lord, as ye have spoken in mine ears, so will I do it to you. Your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness, and that you are numbered of you, according to your whole number, from twenty years old and upward, which have murmured against me. Doubtless ye shall not come into the land concerning which I swear to make you dwell therein, save Caleb, the son of um, Jephnah, and Joshua, the son of Nun. Um, yeah, so you see here, the Lord gives them... Let's them go into that grass that's greener on the other side and gives them what they want. And not very pleasant. So, let's get through some of this. Uh, verse 35, And the Lord hath said, I will surely do it unto all this evil congregation that are gathered together against me. In this wilderness they shall be consumed, and there they shall die. God brought his people out of Egypt through the Red Sea on dry ground across the wilderness to the very border of the Promised Land. At this point in their journey, God had heard, let's go back to Egypt just once too often. Therefore, God announced that the only two faithful spies, Caleb and Joshua, along with the people under 20 years old, would enter the Promised Land. The rest would wander in the wilderness until they died. As we have seen before in this study, Though God is patient and merciful, he must and will deal with sin. Proverbs 13, 15 says, Good understanding giveth favor, but the way of transgressors is hard. James 1, 15 says, Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. I do like that verse. It's, you know, there doesn't say that sin isn't fun in the moment, but it says, when it's finished, it will bring forth death. And you think of all these sins that people can justify and stuff, um, you look at the end of it, and it's death. Um, they all lead, lead to death. Uh, God is love, uh, in 1 John 4, 8, His mercy endureth forever. He is gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger, yet it is a grave mistake for a child of God to be presumptuous and to assume he will overlook sin and withhold judgment, because he will not. 
2 Chronicles 36, 15 through 20. And the Lord God of their fathers sent to them by his messengers, rising up beat times and sending because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they mocked the messengers of God, despised his words, and misused his prophets until the wrath of the Lord rose against his people, till there was no remedy. Therefore he brought up upon them the king of the uh, Chaldees, who slew their young men with the sword of, the, of their sanctuary, and had no compassion upon young man or maiden, old man or him that stooped for age. He gave them all into his hands. Um, and it goes on there, talking about uh, the rest of the things that happened uh, to those people who misused um, the Lord and his prophets. So, yeah, we see there that the Lord will take care of the sin of his people. Are we living as if God will overlook our sin in our life? He is a just God, and because he loves us, he will be sure to deal with our sin. We need to confess and forsake it now. Enjoy uh, the fellowship of a close relationship with him. All right, sub-point B, sub-point B. God promised his... Oh, wow. That's crazy. Oh, that's actually right. Provide and Mitchell. Yeah. I-A-L, yes, all right. God promises providential care. Numbers chapter 14, verse 20, and then also 30 through 31 says, The Lord said, I had pardoned according to thy word. Doubtless ye shall not come into the land concerning which I swear to make you dwell therein, save Caleb the son of Jephunneh and Joshua the son of Nun. But your little ones, which ye said should be a prey, them will I bring in, and they shall know the land which ye hath despised. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. We're going to all get killed, and our kids are going to be the ones that are going to get taken advantage of and all this stuff. And the Lord's like, nope. You are going to be the ones that are going to die. And those that you say are going to be a prey, them is who I'm going to bring in. So although the Israelites would not experience God's perfect will, God did choose not to immediately end their lives. He not only allowed them to live, but he also provided their food, their water, even miraculously uh, stopped their garments and shoes from wearing out while in the wilderness. He continued to lead them. As each of us can attest, God is always more merciful and gracious to us than we deserve. As they trekked for 40 years across the wilderness, God never left them. Psalms 103.10 says, He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. Deuteronomy 29.5 says, And I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes are not waxen old upon you, and thy shoe is not waxen old upon thy foot. Nehemiah 9.18 verse 21 says, Yea, when they have made them a molten calf and said, This is thy God which brought thee up out of Egypt and hath wrought great 
provocations, yet thou in thy manifold mercies forsookest them not in the wilderness. Pillar of the cloud departed not from them by day to lead them in the way, neither the pillar of fire by night to show them light in the way which they should go. Thou gavest also thy good spirit to instruct them, and withheldest not thy manna from, thy, from their mouth, and gavest them water for their thirst. Yea, forty years did thou sustain them in the wilderness, so that they lacked nothing, their clothes waxed not old, and their feet swelled not. So have we ever stopped to consider that uh, everything we have come, that we have comes from God? Provides every molecule of air, every drop of water, every morsel of food um, that, we that we must have to live, and that is just the beginning. People many times get bitter at the circumstances in their lives and ask, why would God do this to me? Or what have I done to deserve this? But when we remember that God is holy, he knows all about us. Every thought and every intent of our heart hears every word we speak, sees everywhere we go, and He still loves us. We must wonder, why would God put up with uh, me the way He does? In Lamentations, the prophet Jeremiah was impressed with a blessed thought. Lamentations three twenty-one uh, through 26. This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions, they fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. All right, so in, conclu in conclusion... Today, our choice of living by faith and our willingness to trust God will often make the difference between the wilderness experience and the milk and honey experience. And we do not want the wilderness experience. I wonder how many times the Israelites thought about those grapes of Eskold just across the Jordan River as they collected manna off the dry desert ground. They made their choice and had to live with the consequences. Don't settle for sustenance living. Rather, live in such a way that God can give you the fullness of His blessing. God wants His people to prove Him and allow Him to show Himself strong. Second Chronicles 16 verse 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong in behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward Him. Even if we have struggled with doubt and fear in the past, today is the first day of the rest of our Christian journey. It is time to walk by faith and claim God's wonderful promises of provision and protection. All right, so that is the end of our lesson. Um, does anybody have any thoughts? I did think it was just kind of interesting how similar it was the, to Tim Tim's message this morning, just like a little different angle. Um, but yeah. 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 
Yeah. Which I believe is because they well, I mean that's where the money is if you can sort of have that as a yes to them as well. And it's up to you to keep it. But I totally I understand wanting to have them just in case you really like wanted wanted something for each week. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is interesting. Like, because you do think of like, do we really think we're the ones doing these things? If we are, you know, of course it's not going to work. Um, but if we're trusting the Lord to do these things, yeah, what have? It's kind of sad to, to think about like um, what we have missed, and that's where, yeah, I kind of struggle with that too. Is yeah, I kind of mask it under the, the thinking of, I like to think realistic. You know, there's some good things about that, but it's also like, it's also a, a nice way of saying that I lack some faith. You know, uh, yeah, that's where we're thinking. Yeah, this is, we can't do this. Well, that's true, but are we, do we have faith enough to let let God do this thing if He's the one that's leading us? And like what Esther said, like you know, maybe it comes down to fear. I think of uh, our first roller coaster experience, <laughs> and that's why I love my dad. But just looking at oh, the hell that water ride, Splash Mountain, Splash Mountain. and looking at it, like man, those people are so dumb. And it's quick, but why would they ride that that thing? And it's because man, they're scared to death to go on. So scary, and we're, I'm just, we're just walking with Dad, talking with him, and next thing you know, we didn't realize we're in the line for the ride, <laughs> and Dad's like, get on, boys. <laughs> but what, he did that. We got over the fear. Like, how, that was our favorite ride after that. And, uh, yeah, it was hilarious. We had no idea. We were just talking with him. We didn't realize we are in line for it. And we get to the line, then we see the boats, and then we're like, uh, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, but what we could have missed if we didn't trust Dad. If, yeah, Dad gave us what we really want, which was fear. Um, what we would have missed, um, but there, there's also things that I know I have missed because of uh, just fear of those things and spiritually talking to somebody. Um, that sort of thing is kind of crazy. Well, anybody else have any thoughts? Well, we'll go ahead and close with a word of prayer, and we'll be dismissed. Let's pray. 
Just thank you, God, for this day and uh, just for your many blessings and uh, just who you are and uh, your strength and uh, your glory and just also your righteousness. And um, just help us to trust you, Lord, and uh, just sometimes we think we know what's best um, and we don't trust you for. Because you, we know you know what's best, but sometimes we think we know better, and just help us to trust you, Lord, and because um, we really, uh, you do want to give us great things and uh, more abundantly that we can ask or even think, uh, as you say in your word, and uh, just help us to be supportive, uh, as we learned this morning, uh, like Caleb, um, be strong. Um, leaders and supporters of our leaders that you put in our lives be encouragers and not be discouragers and um, just be uh, just be helpful in supporting your your will and uh, just uh, we love you Lord just help us to be strong witnesses especially um, we have lots of opportunities during this season and uh, love you Lord we need you just keep everybody safe just be with everybody traveling today and all the people with sickies and um, we just love you Lord we need you in Jesus name Amen <laughs>